You're listening to the Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Chuck Marlowe's theory, nobody works in December, or they, they get into vacation mode. We think he announced that in mid-October, but what happens now, <laughs> Wednesday, January 2nd, we're back at it, Midday Grind, Chuck will be back with us then. Will we see a renewed, refreshed Charlie Marlowe bringing heat, because now it matters. Like, December, hey, nobody cares, we're just mailing it in, we can do this. And I said, what about all the people that are out there working hard? That's right. We said, well, we respect them, but we're not doing that. That was his theory. So I'm just, I'm going to look closely on Wednesday to see if we have an amped up and really go get them attitude from Charlie Marlowe. He was in a good mood today. Now, that's probably because when he left the morning show, he knew he didn't have to work tomorrow. So He's it, done for the day. He's not doing TV. Yeah. No radio tomorrow. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, final midday grind of 2018. Martin Kilquin, Jimmy Hewer, Matt Rocchio with you till 1 o'clock. Hardline, TJ Moe talking some Mizzou football coming up at the top of the hour. Tigers playing in the Liberty Bowl. Haven't checked the radar lately. There was concern about weather down there. Mizzou, 9.5. It was between 8 and 10 the other day. Pretty big spread. It is a big spread for, and as we find out, as this thing plays out, bowl season, you never know who shows up, which team doesn't show up. Um, I, I do like Missouri putting up a lot of points. One thing, Oklahoma State, believe it or not, has only had five interceptions defensively this year in a league that throws the football right. constantly. Uh, I like uh, I like Drew Locke to have a big day, and if Missouri just comes up with four stops defensively, you figure they win the game. It, it feels like a Big 12 game because yes. Mizzou's capable of that, getting into a shootout. Now, if it's raining, maybe that does affect things. Oklahoma State's best game is probably a loss against Oklahoma. Right. I think it was 48-45, something along those lines. So you would anticipate, especially Mike Gundy, that's been their MO since he's been there. I would think it's a high-scoring game. That that spread, I would steer. I, I'm not a gambler. I wouldn't go anywhere near that. Like, I feel pretty good that Mizzou's going to win this game. There's no way I would say they're going to win by 10 points. No, I would. if I had to, I'd take Oklahoma State with the points, but Missouri will win the game. Uh, Tigers taking on Oklahoma State in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, which I don't know if it was ever a premier bowl. It used to have a little more buzz to it because you didn't have as many bowl right. games. It wasn't the orange or the sugar, but when Mizzou went there two out of three years in the late 70s, I think you felt okay about it back then. And it's similar in terms of they were 8-4 and four both times. Right. And I think maybe 500 in their conference. Couldn't beat Oklahoma, couldn't beat Nebraska. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, you just kind of knew. Like, And now it's, okay, can't beat Alabama, mm-hmm. can't beat Georgia. Those are Howard Richards' teams. I know one of them was. And they had I all, think he was there for both. Was he there for both? They had unbelievable talent. Uh, and a lot of guys have played in the NFL on both those squads. But you're right. Couldn't beat Oklahoma, couldn't beat Nebraska. You had Kellen Winslow. At, I'm not sure. He got out of there before that second one, I believe. Liberty Bowl, but right. you had James Wilder, who had a successful career. Great, Tampa He's Bay, best Missouri running back, I think by far as well. They listed him uh, on Wikipedia. It said he was the Sykeston train, 
So I brought that up on TV, and Howard Richards said nobody called him that. Yeah, I never heard that before, but that's listed as his nickname. But you had Leo Lewis, who even had a nice NFL career. Right. Phil Bradley could have been an NFL talent, ended up playing Major League Baseball. Was an all-star in Major League Baseball and, for the Mariners one year. And I mean, we're forgetting probably a ton of names on that team. Was Conrad Goody on those teams? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe. I think so. But you had all this talent, and Howard said over the years he would see guys from Oklahoma and Nebraska, and they would say, why weren't you guys better? Like beca- <laughs> right? Because you had all these guys that made it to the league and played for a little while in the league. I mean, Howard was a first-round pick. And it is, looking back, you're like, God, that w- they should have been better. They they had so much talent. They were called, they got that nickname, the Giant Killers, because they could they went into – Notre Dame one year and won three nothing. They beat Alabama one year, uh, maybe it was a little bit before Howard. But they would win a game like that. But then they would go and they lose to Oklahoma State, who wasn't very good, or they'd lose a game to Kansas, who wasn't very good at the time. That was their problem. And obviously, trying to beat Tom Osborne and uh, Oklahoma. Barry Switzer, Barry Switzer. Yeah, that was it. Just never worked. I'm sure Mizzou fans that are older, are like, hey, thanks for bringing that up. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Not quite over it. So, at, in its day, Liberty Bowl was a decent bowl. Now, how many bowls are there now? Are there 40? I think 40. 40 in that range? Yeah, 40, 40. So, if you had to, like, rent, and there's probably a list. There's a list for everything. I'd say it's probably around the 30th in terms of prestige. Can I yeah. ballpark yeah, it that way? There's some that. Yeah. that are just garbage. They canceled one the other day. I think it was played in Fort Worth. It 41? Was 41 bowls. Okay, so it's... 30? No, that's too low. I'm sorry. All right, I'll go 20. Rock, see if anybody has ranked just the quality. I suppose 40 even after um, the disaster that was the um, surf pro first responders. That's the one that got canceled, right? I think think technically this year there'll be 40 bowl games played, ladies and gentlemen. How important are bowl games? They actually canceled one. (laughs) I can't believe these kids kids dare skip them to not try to hurt themselves. The integrity, I swear to God. All right, look on there and see if anybody's ranked. I, 30's not fair. Okay, so if there's 40 total, the Liberty Bowl to me is... 25, 26? Somewhere in the yeah, 20 to 25 range, probably, okay. to be fair. Because there's about 10 that are just junk right away that you can throw out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Liberty, is to me, that's a be- has more buzz. Some people would say it doesn't matter at all, but I would say better than like the Texas Bowl. Better than Texas. Better than the Independence Bowl. yeah. Better than the Belk Bowl. Yeah. Better than the Motor City Bowl. Music City's got a little bit of a name to it, yeah, I'd say. Liberty's got tradition, too. That, that's been around a long time. So Mizzou coming up a little bit later today. Again, TJ will break it all down on the hard line. NFL playoffs now set. You got wild card weekend. Saturday's games, the matchups, Colts and Texans, two teams red hot over the last couple of months of the season. You got Andrew Luck. Healthy again, playing Colts-Texans, the early game Saturday, then the night game on Fox, Buck and Aikman, Seahawks at Dallas. And how about Jason Garrett, who he was getting fired. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we had a lot of coaches fired. We had Barry <laughs> yes. Odom probably losing his job. Now he gets a contract extension. Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan and company down there, going to be all out of work. I still don't rule out Jerry Jones pulling the plug. Let's say they lose that wild card game at home to Seattle on Saturday night. Seahawks, Cowboys. I could see Jerry doing something kind of bold and saying, you know what, we're not really making any progress. Even though we, you win the division, you're yeah. in the playoffs, 10 wins. I could see him doing that, but he's just so 
what's the right word? He's just so odd about how he sees things down there with his football team because he runs it. And the one thing he does have with Garrett, he just tells Garrett what to do. And Garrett, like, thank you. I'll do whatever you want. He tried the Parcells thing. And Parcells like, leave me alone. I got this. Right. And I don't think they really liked each other. No. So you have to almost be a puppet if Jerry's going to be running your team. Yeah. But I could see Garrett. But to his credit, they rallied. They won the division. Seahawks at Dallas. Then on Sunday, Chargers, Ravens in Baltimore. And I feel like every year, the first weekend, the Ravens play. And it's always an early game. Yes. Because nobody really wants to put them on the late night network. Chargers, Ravens, and then Eagles, Bears, Sunday afternoon. I was trying to sell Plowsy and Frank on an Eagles upset. Nothing against the Bears, but maybe they've arrived a little early, not quite ready for the big stage. They are at home. The Eagles have the quarterback problem in, in Philly right now. I don't. I mean, Foles might not even play. we pretty sure Wentz won't play. Sudfeld is... You're not going to win a game with him. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So, Although, for the most part... Every... Especially now with the karma of taking a ball back from a child in the stands. That was a bad, <laughs> that was a, that was a bad look, Nate Sudfeld. That was a bad look. You do what every baseball player does, and you offer the family $10,000 after the game, not right, right in the moment. In the moment. Uh, Chargers faded down the stretch. That was the team I wanted to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because I think it would have been the best story to make the NFL look bad. But I don't think that's happening now. I think, and I think Howard Balzer had this on his Twitter. This is like the 22nd time that a wild card team with a better record is playing on the road at a division winner. Yeah. They won 11 and what would. Ravens ended up with 10. 10. So, yeah, they didn't. They won less. And if you're a Kansas City fan, you get to take the weekend off, sit back, and just be nervous about what could go wrong. All they got to do is win two. And they're in the Super Bowl. That's all they got to do. They don't have to go on the road. They don't have to play wild card weekend. Chiefs fans have been down this road before. Yes, I remember the. Do you remember the Lynn Elliott day, where he couldn't hit a field goal and they lost. And Which they were, game was that? I, it was years ago. Was but, it with Vermeil? No, I think it was. It might have been Marty Schottenheimer's team. We're going back, but they were top seed. They were expected to zip through. They had at home and Arrowhead. Everything going right. And I think Lynn Elliott missed two or three kicks, and they lost the game. I think Vahe, we were talking about this maybe a month or so ago, just about the tortured fan base, Chiefs fans just expecting, even though they got a great team, mm-hmm. just expecting something bad to happen. And so then when you had Kareem Hunt, they're like, oh, here we go. Yes. Here comes the bad news. I think his stat was that the Chiefs haven't won a home playoff game since 94 or something like that. That's- like. Probably they, Andy right. Reed, Andy Reid did break through and win a playoff game or two, but they've been on the road. And I think it's something along. It was back in the Joe Montana, Marcus Allen days. It's the last time they actually won at home. But you think about it. You just got to win one game, and then you're probably hosting the Patriots right. in the AFC Championship game, which could be epic. And if you get there, you go through New England. It, it means more if you somehow beat New England, but I would also be scared bleepless if I'm a Chiefs fan oh, you're going, oh, about great. having to beat – Tom Brady and the Patriots at home. But that could end up being the scenario. NFL slate set for this week. A lot of firings going on, too. Adam Gase is out in Miami. They not only need a new head coach, you got to get a quarterback. I mean, Tannehill. I'm not a Tannehill guy. I was never, even when he was starting there, right out of the gate from A&M. And Miami has just become a turnstile for coaches, too. On any given year, you probably don't know who the coach is in Miami. Yeah, that's the curse of Don Shula, yes? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Johnson had a little success, but really, since Shula, they have just 
They're just there. It was Wanstead the coach for a little while. Wanstead? Didn't he get a second chance after yeah. the Bears? He went to Miami. Uh, in recent years, was Joe Philbin the head coach before Philbin, Adam Gaze? Um, Sperano. I mean, yeah. yeah. You just they just they're they're they have no identity either. Right. It used. To, I wonder if you bring back and granted, it's not just name power alone, but Elway kind of running the Broncos. Now they're down a little bit, but they did have some success. Could you do a Dan Marino thing where he kind of at least Ooh. brings back an identity? They do need an identity. Because they said Stephen Ross, the owner, has been calling all the shots. And now that that's going to change. But so Gase is out in Miami. The Bengals part of ways with Marvin Lewis. 16-year run. And on the whole, I mean, you're, you're the Bengals. You haven't had a lot of history. They did get to the playoffs seven times out of 16 years. Not a bad ratio. They lost all seven times immediately. Right. And I think it was eight and twenty twenty six against the Steelers head to head. It's forcing me to ask which was which had the most successful last sixteen years, Marvin Lewis or the Houston Texans franchise? Who had the most who had the most successful last sixteen years? It lines up perfectly. Who had oh, more success? Sense. Yeah, well, the Texans. I, I, I suppose they won like one playoff game with TJ Yates. Yeah, and that's and that, and that had, alone. Locks you in. Just know that Cincinnati, your entire 16 years of Marvin Lewis, not even doesn't even pass the muster of the entire Houston Texans franchise so far. Arizona also needs a coach. Steve Wilkes is out. You probably one year. You probably would have asked a lot of folks who's the coach at Arizona. They would not have known. That, and now it's a new one. It, how bad is it that you put all your eggs in one basket and after one year, and it was a halfway through the year, they're like, "This guy's done." That I mean that tells you your franchise. Did a horrible job picking Wilkes last year. You better hope the Cardinals do better in this offseason. Not only a horrible job picking him, but then signing Sam Bradford, thinking that you were really mm. good enough to have a gap quarterback yeah. and giving him $20 million a year. I mean, the second that you signed Sam Bradford, you were saying, hey, we, we first of all, we believe in this guy who's always hurt, but we think we're good enough to win with him right away. And they weren't even close. That's bad. Cardinals, over the course of their history, have had a lot of rough front offices. All right, we're closing out 2018. You can still get in that charitable donation. A lot of folks for the tax year. Our Little Haven, great organization. We've been telling you their story that started in 1993, and it's a great story. Scott and Kathleen Hummel both said, we want to do something. We want to help these kids. And at the time, there was the crack epidemic, and these babies are being born, and there's nowhere for them to go. And they really the system was failing so they started Our Little Haven. That's the, the humble beginning in 1993. Now, more than a quarter century later, they have helped thousands and thousands of kids and their families. We had Scott Hummel in the studio one day, and I know he got emotional about it. One of the kids that went through Our Little Haven, grew up there, is now a social worker in the system trying to help these kids. Awesome. Great success stories. People Magazine even did a profile a year or two back, saying, here are some of the success stories. These kids came in when they were one, two, three years old and ended up having successful, productive lives. They do this and nurture them and get them, uh, I guess, kind of away from the system. Unfortunately, that's what's necessary right now. But great people. Find out more online at OurLittleHaven.org. OurLittleHaven.org. Great organization. If you want to get that tax deduction in, you can beat the clock. You got until midnight tonight to do that. Online with OurLittleHaven.com. And don't forget our friends at Fast Eddie's because it's the holiday week. They open the doors at 11 a.m. They do that every year. 
normally Monday through Thursday, they open at 1. But the holiday week in between Christmas and New Year's, Fast Eddie feeling festive. They open the doors at 11 a.m. Great place to stop by. And whatever the occasion is, could be a bachelorette party, bachelor party, birthday. You can walk in there with like 20, 30 people, and they can handle it. You don't have to call ahead. Just walk on in. They give away about 100 birthday T-shirts a week. It's the great menu. Do the full Strobinger. That's what it's called now, where you go there and you eat the entire menu. Not at once, but you just hang out for a couple of hours. <laughs> Half-pound Fat Eddie burger costs you a couple of bucks. Peel and eat shrimp, basket of fries, great food. And our buddy Fast Eddie, it's been fun having him pop in. Where in the world is Fast Eddie? I was trying to get him on the show today. Where in the world is he? I don't I can know. I only imagine where he, he could be today. He could be in Montana. We have caught him so far, I think, in the Keys. Montana, in Vegas. He was in Vegas with the Blues. The Montana trip was great because he was on with us. And right after he hung up, Mike Shannon called and said, what are you doing in Montana? <laughs> and I said, well, was he mad? He said, yeah, he was mad. He wanted to go fishing with me, and I didn't tell him I was going. <laughs> Stop by Fast Eddie's Bonaire in Alton, Illinois, the place to go for great food and great fun every single day. And today, the doors are already open normally opening at 1 o'clock. Appreciate all of our great sponsors on the program, on the station, throughout all of 2018. All right, Mizzou basketball, Billiken basketball, moving towards now conference action. Mizzou, remember, was picked to finish ninth in the SEC, and that was before Jonte Porter got hurt. Right. I'll have to say, I think they're a little better than we thought. They're definitely young. Watching that bragging rights game, you look out, some of them, like that Xavier Pinson looks like he's 12. He does. And it is a young team, and they look really young. But they might be, we're not expecting much out of them. They're not a tournament team. But I do think they're a little better than we thought. I would say they're better than I thought. They're, they're December, and it's been on, they've been pushing it that they were undefeated in December, and it's like the fourth time in the program's history I think that's happened. They have been a lot better in December than I thought they would have been, for sure. And part of it is some of those kids, like you said, Pinson. At times you go, wow, hey, I think they found the point guard they've been looking for. And then you realize he's just a freshman. It's going to take a little while for him to get through things. Uh, Jordan Geist, at times like the game at the Bragging Rights game, he looks like, wow, this is he's filling the spot. And then there are other nights prior to that where you go, he, he's having trouble again being the point guard. But he, he's he's improved. He's better. Tillman. In the last, what, six nights out, has been just really good. I mean, he's been as good as we've seen for a big man at Mizzou in a long, long time. So they're getting better. Uh, it's going to be hard to climb the ladder in the upper echelon of the conference right now. The SEC is pretty good up top. Uh, it, but they are better than I think we thought they were going to be. And then the Billikens, it's going to all come down to the eight ten, how they do in their conference. And we had said that even going into the non-conference Lost to Pitt, lost to Carbondale. That one probably bothers you a little bit. No offense to the Slukies, who could maybe win the Valley. Mm -hmm. I think if you're SLU and you're thinking you're an NCAA team, you probably needed to go there and win that game. Losing at Houston, frustrating because of the way it happened. Blown out at Florida State. They're good. You didn't play well. Those things right. happen. You're 9-4. and four. I heard Travis Ford on the postgame yesterday telling Rammer and saying, hey, you know what, I just told our guys 9-4, and four, that's pretty good. Yeah, we would like to be maybe ten and three. I think that Houston one kills you because it's a huge it's a road game, game, yeah, and it just changes your cachet a little bit. Winning at Seton Hall certainly is noteworthy for them. But nine and four now, you're going into the. I'd like to just see them get it all together, put it all together 
because they've had moments, I think especially during that Butler game, where they look like, oh, this is a tournament team. And then other nights, you, you God, they're probably going to the NIT. You know, I mean, there there have been nights where I'm watching, and I'm like, I don't I don't think they're an NCAA team, which is crazy because they should be if they're going to win the A-10, yeah. like everyone thinks. I think they are. I, what's, what could set them over is if they continue to get Bess and Thatch to play really good defense. On the nights when those guys, those two are combining to play good defense up top, you go, wow, they can pretty much shut down just about anybody in the A-10, you would think. And that gives you an opportunity to win. Uh, so there are certain nights Cartier-Gordon looks uh, unstoppable, and you go, wow, he's, he's he has all the tools. But then you got to remember, he's still a freshman. And there's going to be a couple of nights where he goes out there and he just is not going to be that guy because that's what freshmen do. You know, they just – one night they're really good, and the next night you go, well, he's learning that you got to bring it every night. You just can't just show up. So – uh, in fairness, he's good for at least one deep ball and at least one weak side block every game at this point, which is just fun from a six, from a kid that, 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 that that's athletic. He's got a good shot; it's going to keep developing, and he's got that little tinge in the back of his mind where he just kind of knows when weak side help mm-hmm. is needed, and he'll just fly fly across the play to make blocks. He's he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yep. Uh, and then the other thing is, are they going to be able to shoot free throws on the road to steal a couple games? I think that'll be if they can because. They're not a great free throw shooting team. If they can find ways to do better than fifty percent, I think they'll they'll definitely win more than they lose on the road. But it is amazing. Key. In their defense, they're just not a good shooting team. So when they miss and so when they miss free throws, I'm kinda like, eh. Right. And usually it drives you crazy and they had some games where it was horrific. I mean under fifty percent. But usually when they miss free throws, it drives you crazy. When the Billikens do I say, Well, they just there's not really good shooters. Isn't that crazy? That's true. That no offense, true. guys. Another sponsor has been Triad Bank all throughout 2018. We appreciate Jim Regna and the team over there. We learned that they're in Frontenac, Missouri, not Frontenac, Illinois, although we found out there is a Frontenac, Illinois. Triad Bank is located on Clayton Road, one block west of Lindbergh, based in St. Louis. They started in 2005, local ownership, which means if you're a business owner and you're looking to expand, you stop by and talk to them. The decisions are made here by folks in St. Louis. It's not going to New York or L.A. It's all about St. Louis, and they understand the marketplace because they're all from here. Triadbanking.com is where you can find them on the website. They bring you Take It to the Bank. We do that a couple of times a week on the show, your bold predictions on the text line. Thanks, everybody, over at Triad Bank. If you're in the market for a new bank and you want to deal with some folks who are friendly, accommodating, and know what they're doing, stop by and see them on Clayton Road in Frontenac, one block west of Lindbergh, and Jimmy Hewer as my witness, I'm holding my Triad Bank multicolored pen, which at one point this summer I was told in the Cardinal Press Box. You're that guy. Stop clicking your I can't help it. Uh. They have, I'm that guy. I was clicking. Hey, thanks to Jim and everybody at Triad Bank. Appreciate their sponsorship on this show. Jimmy, have a great New Year's. Happy New Year to you and our listeners. And Rocky, you know, Rocky was a lot younger than He'll probably be out. You and I will be sound asleep by 9, 10 o'clock. Rocky will probably be out shooting off fireworks, popping bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you will. <laughs> probably watching some old NBA footage from 30 years ago on YouTube, if I had to guess. Did, I'm sorry. Did you know what I was doing yesterday? Honestly, I haven't watched... I, I, you know, thirty minutes of YouTube about Bernard King in a long time. Bernard and yesterday, I, oh. yesterday I did, and it really creepy that you knew that. 
Bernard King. He could shoot before he hurt. I tell you what, yeah. Me, I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading Bill Simmons' book of basketball, and honestly, this is about the seventh or eighth different time he's literally said something in the book, and I've gone, you know what? I've never seen that, but YouTube is a great thing. It was like he was talking about how you know Bob McAdoo was like one of the first centers who ever had an unstoppable jump shot. I'm like, well, I'm going to Google footage. I got to see what he's talking about. How how was it unstoppable? And it's kind of crazy to me that there was a time when that shot was considered unstoppable. Bernard uh, King <laughs> and Bob McAdoo, I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure Shannon, there's a movie for you to watch. Assignment: Fast Break. I mean, he, literally, oh. Bill Simmons refers to the bo- <laughs> movie. The the premise is insane to me. Correct. Also, there's a Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back. Oh, Cotter, that's right. And they've all got pot, and they're sm- smuggling it across the country. And somehow Bernard King ends up in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it was he referred to. It as, Did he reference the fish in St. Pittsburgh? The what? Doctor J. It was in a movie called The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. He hasn't, I, he hasn't I gotten to that one about yet. This. Cinema he's, classic. He's referenced right. a lot of crazy ones. There's another one where, um, I can't remember what, what player it was, but there's another one where he also, um, Thompson, um, the high David, flyer before. David, David Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, but, uh, you know, yeah, I was Jordan, Jordan before Jordan. Um, he's in a movie where he's like on the Celtics. And the crazy part is, is that means they filmed an entire exhibition game where he's on the Celtics with Bird and McHale and all these guys. Despite the fact that he was on, you know, like the Warriors or something back in the uh, in the West, so he's there's just a random time where the NBA let a, a guy suit up with another team for like a 20 minute exhibition just to film one of the worst movies ever. If you listen to the description of there's it, there's also a really weird one that Alex English starred in, and it was something like Future the Nugget Star. We're down a real wormhole right now. All right, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Be safe. The Hardline coming your way next.